0: Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Gopi Janvala ba giri Gopi Jasodhanandana Braja Janaranjana Jasodhanandana Brajajanaranjana Janaranjana Jamunatiravana Cha jamuna tiravanna chhari jai radha madhava kunja Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari
1: Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahansa Parirajagaracharya Ashto Tara Satya Sri Srimad His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Hijai Anantakota Vaishnava Vrnda ki jai. <clears throat> Namachajashila ta ko ki
2: Prem Shakaho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Srivasadi Gaurabhata Vrnda ki jai. <clears throat> Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Nithai
1: premanandi All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. Oh glories to the assembled devotees. Oh glories, oh glories to Shri Guru and Gauranga. Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 7 Chapter 13 The Behavior of a Perfect Person Verse Number 46 The last verse of the
2: chapter Shri Naradaru Vacha Daman Paramahans Dharma paramahansyamvai, Mune Shuta,
1: Mune Shutavas Vasishvaraha,
2: Mune Shutva Shurisham, Mune Shutva Shurishwaraha, Mune Shutva Seshama, Pudja kuja tata prita amritya parayo griham amantrya parayo griham chinara durvacha damam paramam vai munesh mut va puja yitvata prita amantya parayau griham
1: Shri Narada Rovacha, Shri Narada Muni said, said. Dharma, Dharma. the occupational duty, duty. Paramahansyam of the Paramahansas, the The most perfect human beings.
0: beings.
1: Va'i, Vai. indeed, Indeed. Munhe, from the saintly person, Shutva, thus hearing Asum Ishwaraha The king of the Asuras Prahlad Maharaj Puja Yitva By worshipping the saintly person Tata Thereafter Prita, Being very pleased Amantra, Amantriya, sorry, Amantriya, Amantriya. taking permission. permission. Prayayau, Prayayau. left that place. Griham, Griham. for his home. home. Translation, Sri Narad Muni continued. After Prahlad Maharaj, the king of the demons, heard these instructions from the saint, he understood the occupational duties of a perfect person, Paramahansa. Thus he duly worshipped the saint, took his permission, and then left for his own home. Do you repeat do you repeat the translation? Okay. Sri Narad Muni continued. Prahlad Maharaj, the king of the demons heard these instructions from the saints. He understood after, sorry, after, I'm sorry, Mr. After Prahlad Maharaj, after the, the, king the, demons, the king of the demons, heard these instructions from the saint. He understood the occupational duties, the occupational duties of, a of a perfect person, Paramahansa. Thus he duly worshipped the, the saint, took his permission,
3: took his permission.
1: And, left, then left his and then left for his own home.
3: <coughs>
1: <coughs> Purport by Srila Prabhupada. As quoted in Chaitanya Charitamrita Majjalila, verse 128, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Kiba Vipra. Kibanyasi Shudra Keni noi Veta A guru or spiritual master can be anyone who is well conversant with the science of Krishna. Therefore, although Prahlad Maharaj was a grihasta ruling over the demons, he was a paramahansa, the best of human beings. And thus, he is our guru. In the list of gurus or authorized authorities, Pralad Maharaj's name is therefore mentioned. Mm-hmm. Swayambhu Narada Shambhu Komara Kapilomanu Pralado Janako Bishmo Balir Vaya Sakir Vayam. Srimad Bhagavatam Kento six, chapter three, verse twenty. The conclusion is that a paramahansa is an exalted devotee, Bhagavat Priya. Such a paramahansa may be in any stage of life, brahmachari, grihasta, vanaprasta or sannyasi, and be equally liberated and exalted. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the 7th canto, 13th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The Behavior of a Perfect Person. I didn't do the invocation, did I? I don't give class in temples very often.
2: Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya
1: Umaginati Miranda Siagan and Janashalakaya Chakshu Unmilitam Jaina Tazmae, Shri Guruveen Maha, Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam, Stapitam Jaina Bhutale, Swayam Rupa Kadamayam, Dadati Swa Padanticum. One day, Hum, Sri Goro, Sri Utah Parakamalam. Shigurun Gurun Vaishnavam Scha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Sajeevam, Saadvetam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakana Vitam e Krishna Karuna Sindhu jagat Jagatpate, Gopesha, Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta, Namo Stute, Tapta Kanchanagorangi, Radhe, Vrindavaneshwari, Vaneshwari, Rishabanu, Sute Devi, Pranamami, Hari Priye, Vanchakopa, Trubiascha, Kipasindo, Baevicha, Patita Nampa, Vanabio, Vaishnavaebio, Namo Nama, Jaisu Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda, Sri Advaita Gadadha Shiva Sadi Gaurabhata Vrinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare
2: Rama, Hare Rama, Rama
1: Rama, Rama Hare Hare. ukam Karoti Vachalam, Pangam Nung Langa Yatigiram, Jatkupa Tamaham Vandesvi Gurundi Nataranam. Namaum Om Vishnu Kudaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swami Niti Namine Namaste Sarasvati Deva Gauravani Pracharine Nere Vishesha Sunyavadipas Tachadesha Well, in the material world, <clears throat> nothing is fixed. Everything is in motion. But this motion uh, is within the act the interaction of the three modes of material nature. Everything in the material world is being conducted by the three modes of material nature. And there's a kind of paradox in that, in that nothing is static. Everything is constantly changing. But at the same time, nothing changes. Everything is static in the material world. That like I said, that seems like a contradictory thing, like a <clears throat> a total paradox. But then, when you consider, we uh, we use the word. Uh, I have to ask, what is that little noise? Oh, hello! Oh yeah, it goes up. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. I was here when we were having a lot of trouble with these uh, local council about the noise level and they used to, at Mongolati they used to have a, a car outside here measuring the noise level and there used to be windows here between the, between the pillars it was all, it was windows so we had to have them all bricked up and everything. Such is the history of things. Anyway, in our, in our language that we use, uh, we have the word ecstasy, ecstasy. Uh, it comes from a Greek word meaning ex-stasy. Stasy meaning static. So out of the static. So in the material world, everything is being conducted by the three modes of material nature. Everything is moving, but it is all within a closed system. And within that system, actually nothing changes. Abrahama Bhuvanaloka From the highest planet to the lowest planet, the same thing is going on. The repetition of birth, death, disease, and old age. Places of misery. Everyone is hungry. From, from the lowest planet to the highest planet, everybody's in a mistaken state of consciousness thinking that they're hungry for material things, or that their hunger can be satisfied by contact with the best that the world has to offer. But it doesn't matter where you go in the material world, everyone's hungry because their hunger is for spiritual things, spiritual food, spiritual association, spiritual life but we've forgotten what that is by entering the material world we have to accept total forgetfulness of the spiritual world and that means total forgetfulness of ourselves as we actually are and that means total forgetfulness of Krishna and our relationship with Krishna because our constitutional position is that we are all the eternal, intimate servants of Krishna. All living entities, Prabhupada stresses so many times the relationship with Krishna is a very personal, intimate relationship. And all of that is forgotten. Immediately we enter the material world. But because our constitution is that we are meant to be lovers of, we are lovers of Krishna. Everyone in the, in the spiritual world, everyone loves Krishna. We understand that, that love is exchanged within different rasas, different mellows, but it is love. All, all relationships are equally entered into by Krishna with all devotees, but immediately we forget that we begin to miss Krishna, we miss him. But because we've forgotten him, we don't know what it is that we are missing. And by this stage, we are in contact with the three modes of material nature. Primarily, we're in contact with the mode of passion, which which gives rise to all manner of propositions to us that this is what will make you happy. Contact with this was what will make you happy. You can can give your love to this or that. And there's a saying that if you don't give your love to Krishna, then you'll give your love to anything. But love is a reciprocal relationship. And so therefore, although the loving propensity doesn't go away and we give our love to temporary things, we always meet with misery. We always meet with frustration in the material world. And it never changes, although it continually changes. The same result happens again, over and over again. And there's... uh, There was a saying, uh, 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 we quote people, uh, Einstein, he made the statement once that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and thinking you're going to get a different result. And uh, the sad fact of the situation in the material world is that actually it's a madhouse everyone's crazy here we're all we're all insane because we're taking that which is not to be that which is this is Maya that which is not but which appears to be Bhagavatam begins by telling us that This material world, although it appears real, to great saints and demigods, the greatest personalities in the universe, this uh, material creation appears real to them, appears real, but it is unreal. And you can say, well, what do you mean, unreal? It's real, this is real? Yes, it is real in that it exists, but its existence is temporary. It is a manifestation of something temporary. The material energy itself and the living entities are eternal. But the manifestations of the forms of matter are all temporary. And in that sense, in the ultimate issue, they don't exist. They don't exist. That which exists is that which does not change. What is that verse in the second chapter? <inaudible> Those who are seers of the truth, they have understood this that of the uh, non-existent, there is no endurance, and of the uh, eternal soul, there is no cessation. So having grasped that concept, then we have to understand that the material world is set up uh, as a wheel. It's very interesting how uh so many gambling games are related to a wheel there's uh, the the roulette wheel the wheel of fortune spin the wheel and oh i win a prize the whole universe is like that you take your chance you throw the dice you throw the whatever it is and you oh i go to heaven oh i go to hell Hmm? so once we grasp this idea that there is a there is a huge wheel called samsara that takes in all conditions of life in the material world eight million four hundred thousand species of life 8,400,000, 8,400,000, what is that? Any millionaires here? You a millionaire? No? I have, it's so easy to, to, for, for these things to become like jargon for us. 8,400,000 species of life. 8,400,000 species. I remember many years ago when I was a student Uh, there was a book going around called A Million, just called A Million. And you open the book up, and it had 200 dots on each page. It was a 500-page book. A million dots. Just to put a million dots, 200 a page, in a book, you come up with... a a 500-page book, and then if you think every single dot is a, is a form of life in the material world, it is so vast. It is so vast. You, If you imagine the, the calibration of that wheel, and we're on it. And we talk about evolution, the mundane evolutionists talk about how one species becomes another species and ultimately now we have the human species, which is the ultimate, according to them. We have a very different conception of consciousness being something that can evolve to a higher level or it can devolve to a lower level. And this is all that's going on for us in our entanglement in the material energy. Under the influence of the three modes of material nature, well, we sometimes find ourselves in a heavenly planet. And sometimes we find ourselves, as Prabhupada used to say, as a worm in stool. Qualitatively, on a spiritual level, there is no difference. Between that person who's in the body of a demigod and that person who is in the body of that worm. What is different is the consciousness. The consciousness can be uh, purified or contaminated. The problem in the material world for us as residents of the material world is that our consciousness is very contaminated through contact with the modes of material nature, guna-sangha, guna-sangha. We have been in guna-sangha since time immemorial. That's another phrase we can just throw off, time immemorial. But if you get into the figures, you get into the numbers, it's, as they say, it's mind-boggling. 311 trillion, 40 billion years, 100 years of the life of Brahma. And we've been in this material world for countless creations billions, trillions, quadrillions, and on you go. the, The amount of time that we have been involved in Guna Sangha. Is incalculable and therefore we are now conditioned we are conditioned so then the concept uh, the first concept that Krishna gives to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita that Arjuna you're an eternal living being never was there a time when I did not exist nor you nor all these kings nor is there a time in the future when any of us will cease to be is a very hard concept to grasp because we are very, very deeply embodied, as the next verse says. The Hino Shmin Yata Dehe Komaram Yovanam Jara Tata Dehantarapratir Diras Tatra Namu Yati. Because our consciousness has devolved through guna-sangha, through association with the three modes of material nature, seeking pleasure through sense gratification. uh, Our consciousness has devolved. Hmm. But our consciousness can evolve back to what it should be what it actually is in reality. Uh, this is a very great science, very great science. There are many, many, many factors to be discussed in this regard. But it all comes down to some very simple principles. Uh, just like we see with Sanat Goswami when he approaches Lord Chaitanya and, and seeks instruction on the basis of the fact that he's bewildered, I, I don't know who I am. I have so many material qualifications. I'm respected for those qualifications in human society. But to tell you truthfully, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm for. Why, why, would, I, why would I ask a question like that? because whatever I have and whatever I'm doing does not satisfy me. And so therefore we see in, in, in the beginning of the Bhagavatam, uh, after the sages have asked their initial six questions of Sutta Goswami, his response is, the first question is, what, what, is, the, what is the Dharma? What is the supreme Dharma? There are so many dharmas, so many occupational duties, so many uh, social situations, so many ontological situations, so many states of consciousness you can be in. But what is the param dharma? What is the supreme dharma? And that is very succinctly answered. Savai puṁ sampa yato bhakti radehoksa The supreme occupation for all humanity is uh, devotional service to the supreme personality of Godhead, and this service must become uninterrupted and unmotivated in order to completely satisfy the self.
0: Hmm. Now, so
1: this, this is the platform of what, it, what is called Paramahansa Yoga. Mm. Uh, and Krishna very strongly advises Arjuna at the end of the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, in all circumstances, Arjuna, you be a yogi. The, uh, a yogi is higher than being engaged in yoga is higher than any other occupational activity that you can engage in, in the material world. Because uh, that links us with ad Yoga, all forms of yoga, gradually, gradually, gradually bring us to the point where we engage in bhakti yoga, whereby we are able to approach the transcendental Lord in a personal way and this is the purpose of the human form of life, the goal of the human form of life. There are so many arrangements for uh, approaching this situation, but if you read very carefully uh, the purport to the <clears throat> last verse of the eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita where uh, Arjuna uh, Krishna explains to Arjuna that devotional service supersedes everything uh, study of the Vedas, practice of austerity, giving in charity any any Vedic uh, activity that is recommended for advancement in life is, Prabhupada, in the purport, in one sentence, he says, Krishna consciousness is so, the the wonderful thing of Krishna consciousness, is that in one stroke, everything is superseded, and you come to the Paramahansa platform, you come to the supreme platform, But it's a gradual thing. It's a gradual process. It is what what a lifetime as a human being is meant for. And as we see, everything happens gradually. From the moment of conception, everything is happening gradually. Gradual increments, practically imperceptible. And then as a lifetime passes, under the influence of time imperceptibly change is always going on always going on. the process of krishna consciousness the process of bhakti yoga gives us uh, technology by which we can actually utilize the passing of time in a way which is beneficial to us not just beneficial in a temporary uh, relative sense, but in the absolute sense, in that uh, we become gradually situated where uh, our devotional service to the Lord, our thinking of the Lord, becomes uninterrupted and unmotivated by anything other than love. And as the last line says, uh, uh, this will bring complete satisfaction, ya yatma, supersediti, to the self. Uh, and you, you will benefit a lot by studying the lectures Srila Prabhupada gave on this verse. Actually, the whole of the second chapter of the Bhagavatam is It's such a seminal, important chapter. One of the most, well, succinct and complete philosophical dissertations that you'll come across anywhere. In 34 verses, basically, and then you add the third chapter as well. But in the second chapter, basically, Sutta Goswami lays out completely what he's going to discuss in great detail for the rest of the dissertation of the Bhagavatam, just like in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna lays out what he's going to talk about, really, in the rest of the uh, Bhagavad Gita. and These things are happening in real time. It's not like uh, we get to the end of the first chapter, we don't read there that Krishna says well Arjuna now we've finished chapter one and we'll move on to chapter two. Same thing in the Bhagavatam it's been chapterized but it's chapterized after the event. In the event it's a complete flow of consciousness and that has to be taken into account. But anyway Prabhupada I think from memory right now gave there are 19 recorded lessons, 19 recorded lectures on Savai Pulsam Probably one of the verses Prabhupada spoke the most on in the entirety of his teachings. And in one of those lectures, he talks about the different levels of the self, uh, the mind and the senses and therefore the body the intelligence and then the soul but then he takes it one step further and the super soul so satisfaction is what we everyone is looking for <laughs> i'm a child of the 60s there's a very famous song by the Rolling Stones called I can't get no satisfaction. I try and I try and I try, but I can't get no satisfaction. Well, so what? Well, if you seriously look at it, that is what we want. We want to be satisfied. No more hankering and lamenting for things, but satisfied. And, uh, In the the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains that one of the austerities of the mind is to be satisfied. Stop hankering for things in the material world. Stop lamenting over what you've lost, but just be satisfied with what you've got. And as Bhaktivinoda says, Forget the past that sleeps, and there the future dweller. All but act in times that are with thee, and progress she shall call. And this brings satisfaction. Oheitaki apratihata, unmotivated and uninterrupted, pure, unalloyed devotional service, favorably rendered, and then it goes on. sita sitasunyam. The famous verse: bilasita gāna anu bhakti uttama. This is the this is the practice of bhakti which is beyond uttama. It is beyond any trace of ignorance. And the whole material world is generated out of the mode of ignorance. So satisfaction of the self is not enough. We must satisfy the Lord. The Lord must be satisfied. And Krishna can never be satisfied until you are back with him. Srila Prabhupada, how long have we got for class? Right up to nine o'clock. I'll run out of things to say. Srila Prabhupada, if you listen carefully, so many times Srila Prabhupada says Krishna is very much anxious for you to come back to him. Krishna is very much anxious. And then he says another thing he says so often, therefore we are opening so many centers all over the world just to give people a chance to hear about Krishna. because once we begin to hear about Krishna an evolutionary process begins to occur within our consciousness no matter how degraded our consciousness may have become there is a qualitative change and as I said in the material world actually There's no qualitative change. Just like the idea, you're going to die. So how would you like to die? (laughs) Unlimited ways. But what's the result? You're going to die. So there's no choice. Would you like to die by taking arsenic or strychnine? Well, there'll be different symptoms of the process of the disintegration of the body, but the result is the same, death. But the first thing, the very first thing that we learn, and this Prabhupada stresses so much, our philosophy, the cornerstone of everything in our philosophy, Is that we are eternal living beings life is not a temporary affair life is eternal there was never a time when we did not exist there will never be a time when we do not exist and what is what is one of the symptoms the basic symptoms of life consciousness and activity we are eternally conscious and we are eternally active so unless we are eternally consciously active in the service of the lord in our constitutional position we can never be satisfied and krishna will not be satisfied with that not because he's displeased with you but because by us putting ourselves in the material world in ignorance of Krishna, we remove ourselves from Krishna's association. We remove ourselves from our relationship with Krishna. And Krishna doesn't want that. Krishna's not satisfied by that. You want to go and forget me forever? I don't want... I'm not satisfied by that. That's not Krishna's position. And therefore Prabhupada says Krishna's very much anxious for you to come back to him. So there must be intervention in this. Just like uh, there was a program that was running on... on, uh, Television, they have all these, what do they call them? Real life programs now, where they, they'll take the camera out and they'll go around with the police and whatever. There was one called Intervention, which was about people with drug addiction problems and how family members would stage an intervention, break the pattern, break the static situation that this person is in. Like, if you, if you nail you, the, the toe of your shoe to the floor, you're just only going to walk in circles, round and around and around, and that's what we are like. The word grihamedi, amedi is a amedi is a stick in the ground that you tie a, an animal to, and, it, and all it can do is walk around in circles. And it can walk around in such a way that the rope gets all bound up around and it's stuck there in the middle or it can walk in another way and it goes in a big circle, but it's just stuck within that situation. So the Krishna consciousness movement, Krishna's appearances in the material world, leaving Bhagavad Gita, leaving Srimad Bhagavatam, this Bhagavatam has arisen after Krishna's departure. He left the Bhagavad Gita, and within the Bhagavatam, we see he left, the, he left the Uddhava Gita, which is an elaboration, a very detailed elaboration on the Bhagavad Gita. All of the, why, is all, why is all of this here? Because Krishna wants us to come back to him. He wants us to evolve our consciousness back to its original pristine condition wherein we we don't understand any we don't know anything other than Krishna and we don't it's not that we just know Krishna in terms of facts and figures and details we don't know anything other than Krishna We don't know anything other than Krishna as our lover. As the person we love. And everyone loves Krishna. In the spiritual world, that is manifest everywhere. In the material world, it's dormant. It's dormant within us. Very interesting... um, word dormant dormant me is used in regard to how the trees in the winter in the autumn they they drop their leaves and during the winter they stand as if they're dead but they're dormant they're not dead they're asleep And then when the touch of spring comes, they wake up again. Something that is manifest becomes unmanifest, but under the right conditions, it again becomes manifest. So, this process that we've been given, shravanam, kitanam, Vishnu smaranam, uh, is, is a guaranteed process for reawakening, for purifying, clara, clarifying, cleansing, detoxing our consciousness or our, our chitta. The problem is uh, the chitta has become totally contaminated. The mind, the intelligence, the ego, and more deeply, the heart. The heart is for love, and because of the contamination that we've, of the consciousness, our choice of objects to love now is only based upon the manifestation of the three modes of material nature. But by hearing from authoritative sources, then our consciousness changes. This is an intervention. And without that intervention, we are trapped. Deviyesha gunamai durat You cannot go beyond the influence of the modes of material nature. But Krishna comes and says, well, just surrender to me and I will deliver you from all of this. I will take you out of all of this. Mm -hmm. but in order for that to actually occur for us now we have to have the association of paramahansas there have to be paramahansas in the world krishna's intervention is very sharp and very abrupt 125 years krishna appears once in a day of brahma 125 what's the fraction 125 over 8 billion, 600 million. Very small percentage of the time of one day of Brahma. Krishna appears in a very sharp way. And, and, and we read, as we read 10th canto, Krishna book, so many things happen. Or we read Mahabharata, so much is readjusted, reset by that intervention. But then he's gone and he doesn't come back again for another 8 billion, 600 million years. And in the Kali Yuga that comes after that, Lord Chaitanya appears, 48 years, another sharp, quick, abrupt, in, out, gone. So much is left behind, so much instruction, so much knowledge is left behind and then for 12 years Srila Prabhupada appears the Senapati Bhakta appears and spreads these teachings all over the world all over a world which uh, we we understand from the pranam namaste saraswati devi gauravani Pracharine. The world has become totally suffused with impersonalism and voidism. And uh, Śrīla Prabhupāda comes and spreads the teachings of Lord Chaitanya all over the world. And the teachings of Lord Chaitanya are no different from the teachings of Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. So these sharp, abrupt, powerful interventions happen in a very short space of time also and then as from our perspective eons of time roll out so how is the knowledge going to go generationally down in human society in such a way that real evolution of consciousness can take place Kibavipra, kibanyasi sudrakeni noi ye krishna tatvavrata sei guru oi. there must be gurus there must be gurus in human society and it's not a, a term that can be bandied about that you're a guru in regard to making sponge cakes or you're a guru in how to change a, a, a tire on a car or whatever you may become. There's, and there's paramparas for all of these things. <laughs> the knowledge has to be handed down in all areas of activity. But the guru's business, the guru appears, real guru appears in a sampradaya, a sampradaya parampara. The Mayavadis, they have parampara carpenters have a parampara the whole apprenticeship system that is to some extent still there within the trades is a parampara system you learn from you learn from a teacher but you're not a guru in the electrical business you're not a guru in the plumbing business you're a guru uh Hare Krishna You're a guru in the parampara of sampradaya. Sampradaya means complete knowledge, freely given. And unless that is there, what what does Krishna say in in the fourth chapter? This was going on, Arjuna. I I told all of this to the, the sun god millions of years ago the sun god he instructed his son and his son instructed his and and so it came down through the saintly kings but now it appears to be lost so i'm re-establishing it and in the kali yuga this uh this is very important kibra vipra kibra nyasi sudra Keni. In the the Kali Yuga, actually, it's explained. Everyone's a sutra. The the vanashram is broken down. Hmm. And Srila Prabhupada came into the midst of the malechas and the yavanas. (laughs) And he's made us the custodians of this knowledge. The custodians, and we have a responsibility to disseminate this knowledge in human society. Because this is the truth. This is the truth, the immutable truth. There is God, the Supreme One, Prabhupada says in the preface to the Bhagavatam. There is God. But God is not the name of a person. God is the name of a position. You can get all kinds of generic information about God. God is the supreme being. God is immortal. God is eternal. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is omnibenevolent. All right, that's okay. That's, that's, that's fine. But who is that? You can describe uh, the role of the prime minister of a country or the president of the United States, but who is that? The question is, who is that? And this is the point that Narad makes to Vyas right at the beginning. This is why the Bhagavatam comes, because the theology of God as a person, is is the highest truth. Mata para taram nanyat, kinchidas dananjaya. Mai savam protam sutre <inaudible> mani Krishna exists, and we all know he exists. Because we are surrendering to him on a daily basis and he is reciprocating with us. And as the saying goes, they can't take that away from me. It's an experiential process. Vishaya niraharasya dehina rasapyasya param drishtva we are experiencing a higher taste, and we are satisfied. But we should not just become smug, and complacent, and self-satisfied. Because actually, our satisfaction can only be complete when Krishna is completely satisfied. And Krishna is completely satisfied with the preacher. He makes this conclusion at the end of the Bhagavad Gita. There is no one in this world more dear to me, nor will there ever be one more dear to me, than the one who explains this to the devotees. So we all have to become an explainer. Stop being a complainer. Become an explainer. Make everything very clear to whoever we can, wherever we can, whenever we can. This is a great science in itself. But anyone can take it up. Anyone can take it up. Prahlad Maharaj was a grihasta ruling over demons. But he was a paramahansa. The best of human beings. And thus he is our guru. Hmm? Arjuna is a grihasta. Warrior. Hmm? And where did, Lord, where did Lord Chaitanya stay when he went to Allahabad? about Varanasi, I can't, I get these names mixed up. He stays in the house of a, a Shudra. Lord Chaitanya was making the point. And he makes the point to Korma Brahma. You become a guru and you deliver this land. This land just may be your street or your suburb or your district according to your capacity. Doesn't matter. Gold is gold. Doesn't matter whether it's a speck of gold or it's a ton of gold. Pure gold is pure gold. So if you can deliver this message to anyone, then you become very, very dear to Lord Chaitanya. You become very dear to the Parampara. You become very dear to Krishna and guaranteed You will go back home, back to Godhead. Which, above and beyond everything else, is the prime mission that Srila Prabhupada put before us as individuals. Go back home, go back home to Godhead. And here's how you do it. So, we're all on this journey now, and it's ecstatic. Hare Krishna. Does anyone have any reflections on anything that we talked about or any questions? Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. So, hold on, I am old and deaf. Hare <laughs> Krishna. And it's this, this got a bit of an echo. Yes, sir. Uh,
3: but we in the beginning when I came here, you said this is a gradual process. Gradual. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm listening and hearing this from years and years. And You're gradually
1: beginning to understand that. <laughs>
3: and when it's in the every morning when I wake up. Mm. Go front of the mirror, Mm. still the same.
1: Well, the same but different. It's relative. (laughs) Life is full of repetition. Like you say, every day I get up, I go and look in the mirror. I brush my teeth. I go to the bathroom. I take a shower. I take my breakfast. I go to work. I come home. Do it again, the next day, the next day, the next day. But imperceptibly, you're older now when all that started. Imperceptibly. So, what exactly is your
3: point? The point is that, like, we don't know what happened even the next second. Then? Now, we're saying it's a gradual process. If we're taking it gradually as a grant... Say? Like, if we say the gradual process, if we say the gradual process is, we're taking it as a granted. So, like, I'm listening and other things, so I'm, I'm not taking this seriously.
1: Things take place, like, there's a very nice little uh, vignette in the Nectar of Devotion, where Prabhupada is talking about how you transition from regulated devotional service into spontaneous devotional service and he gives a very simple example in that you you if you become a pujari or you engage in and we all have to do some puja so Prabhupada says you have to offer a flower to Krishna so it becomes a, a, a duty to gather some flowers and offer them to Krishna he said but then one day you, you, you see a flower and you immediately think oh what a beautiful flower let me offer that to Krishna something has shifted imperceptibly but Neha Bikrama now shall sleep there's no loss or diminution in this process little drops of water wear away the stone or well, as they say that was the straw that broke the camel's back yes or here in, Prabhupada was asked how long does it take to become Krishna conscious he said you can become Krishna conscious in a minute a moment but that moment may take many thousands of lifetimes to reach. But you're going somewhere. And the other thing to consider in this is that the the process of momentum. Uh, when you start driving your car, you're aware of acceleration up to the point where then you're cruising on the motorway. Hmm? and you can lose track of how fast you go, Or when you're up in an airplane, when the plane's taking off, this energy, you feel it, and then then you're cruising, and you're looking down, and you think, it doesn't seem like we're moving. But you're going at hundreds of miles an hour. So the process of devotional service is like that in the beginning there's a rush of of ecstasy of, of exhilaration excitement realization hmm? but then the day in the day out of it all has to happen there's a saying uh, in uh, a sufi saying before enlightenment drawing water and gathering wood after enlightenment Drawing water and gathering wood. But the consciousness is gradually becoming cleansed. It didn't become as filthy as it is overnight. So you have to allow things to have their time. You can't go out in the night and pull the little shoots in in your garden to make them grow. You have to wait. The process will take is taking place but we are ultimately not in control of the process even we practice the process but ultimately you can't just say oh now I've got my Bhakti Shastri certificate I've got my Bhakti Vaibhava certificate why am I not self-realized where's Krishna why is Krishna not appearing to me this is, all, this is all the residue of mundane conditioning. Hmm. We are conditioned also to, we walk in this room, flick the switch, the lights on. It wasn't always like that. But we've known nothing else in our life. But then the appearance of something new, like, like in technology now, AI is becoming a big issue, and people who are very young are quite disturbed about it. In terms of, well, what will be my future? How will this affect my, you know, my my career moves and all this sort of stuff? <laughs> but those of us who are older have been through. You know, the, we we lived before there was transistor radios, before there was television, before there was computers, before the there were mobile phones before there was the internet. Yeah, it's just another thing that's going to happen. Mm. But what is, our, what is our intention in life? You have, to, you have to understand that like the Bhagavad Gita is the prelude. What happens when Arjuna says, now I'm firm and free from doubt? And ready to act according to your instructions. Well, then the battle begins. <laughs> and Arjuna is not a, a spectator on the battle; he's on the field. So you're on the field. We're on the field of life. we we have to, we have to we have we have to navigate, but we have to have somewhere we're going. And 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 Prabhupada says you. Mold your life. Mold your life. Gradually mold and change and remove and just get things to the point where you are always thinking of Krishna. It's a practice. And therefore, we are moving from guna sangha into sadhu sangha. But sometimes we get drawn back. And that's why we have to have the association of the devotees to draw us back this way. We're, we're marginal, I, I'll go this way, I'll go this way, I'll go. no I'm going this way. But that firmness and of commitment and decision and determination to do that, uh, may take a little time to become fixed. That is why we have the association of devotees, to help us keep on track keep the as the saying goes the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing drift away mission drift is a is an occupational hazard in the material world not just for devotees but for anyone who has a who has who's trying to reach goals goal setting is very important but as soon as you begin to go towards your goal, there's all kinds of things going to p- try to pull you away. But if you don't have your goal, then you will just be pulled away. There's nothing to come back to. There's no... You don't have any bearings. There's a saying that if you don't know where you're going, anyway, i will get you there. So we have a, we have a very clear process that, that has but Prabhupada says you don't need a certificate you don't need to somebody to tell you you just ask yourself am I progressing in Krishna consciousness? to what degree am I becoming free from lust and greediness for material things to what degree is that happening? Hmm? And Krishna is within the heart. Krishna, he's directing our wanderings. He's guiding us. And, and you, he'll give you milestones in your own progress. Something will happen, and you'll like, oh, gee, 10 years ago, I would have just taken up that proposition for sense gratification, just like that. But now, I have no taste. Why? Param because you're experiencing the higher taste. And you have to keep experiencing it every day, every day. Somehow, somewhere, acquire acquire some more taste. It doesn't have to be big either. Just some little contemplation of something. Hmm? Yes? And then imperceptibly, things change to the point where you don't want to think about anything else. You don't want to talk about anything else. You don't want to go anywhere that's got nothing to do with Krishna. You don't want to not be in the association of devotees. Hmm? All of this is symptomatic that the consciousness is becoming purified. So, like here in Australia, you've got these Mortine the Mortine spray, and their logo is a dog running with an insect biting his tail. It says, when you're on a good thing, stick to it. The good motto for devotees, we're on the best thing. So stick to it.
3: Stick to it. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's a very nice question. And we're almost 9 o'clock, so. Hare Krishna, all glories Hare. to Srila Prabhupada. Hare. Srila Prabhupada, ki Jai.